Hello, I'm Ray Kozek, and you're listening to Jesus in the Center One Year Bible Podcast. We are reading the One Year Bible Reading Plan. It's published lots of places, and I am just bringing a few thoughts to help my people. Today is day number five. Today we're going to look at Genesis 11, 12, the very beginning of 13, a little bit from Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, Psalm 5, and a little bit from Proverbs chapter 1. Well, let's, let's get, get right into it. Genesis 11, we see here this, this crazy thing that these uh, sons of Noah are doing. They're supposed to be filling the earth. They're supposed to be being fruitful and multiplying and increasing in the earth. And instead, they are building a tower. And this tower uh, is described as with bricks and tar. It very much fits the ziggurats. It's the word uh, that are found of these towers, these religious towers that we have record of from, um, you know, the third uh, millennium BC. So like, I don't know, 4,500 years ago, 5,000 years ago, we have records of these, these um, ziggurats, which are built in Mesopotamia, Babylon, that, you know, modern day Iraq and Iran. And they're building a ziggurat or a, a tower. And why are they doing this? because they want to make a name for themselves. And it says in verse 4, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. No, we are not going to um, listen to what we hear we are supposed to do from Yahweh. We are going to build a name for ourselves. So interesting to think about the tension between the the idol worship of man that is worshiping himself and his own abilities and God's mercy to to let that go only so far. We could think about this all day, but uh, anyway, we have this story of of Babel that um, is here in in Scripture. And then we see this, all these nations, by the way, this happens before what we read about in Genesis 10 with all the nations being different places. Genesis 11 is sort of the background to that with the uh, the scattering after the the building of the of the tower so that people could have their own name uh, be the center rather than the name of God which will come up here a couple more times as we see well again in chapter chapter 11 we have another history of uh, the genealogy probably not all of them but a selection in fact there's 10 just like there's 10 uh, Ten names in Genesis 5 here. There's ten names uh, that go from Shem down to this man, uh, Volterra, and then his son Abram. And he has a couple brothers, Nahor and Haran. And it's this narrowing down. Why? Why is Moses telling us this? Well, it's because, again, it's the answer to this. Who is the seed of the woman who will come to crush the serpent? That's what this story is narrowing down. In fact, the whole Bible is is the preparation for us to see who is this divine rescuer, the one whose heel will be crushed, but in the crushing he will crush the head of the arch enemy of humankind. Well, we see that this is going to all the way down to Abram. And in uh, in chapter the end of chapter 11, you see Abram has, has a, a couple of brothers, one dies, uh, and his brother Haran dies. His father, Terah, decides to move, move out of Ur of the Chaldeans 
and to go to Canaan. Uh, for what reasons, we do not know. Uh, led by God, I suppose. And they decide to go. But, uh, you know, Abram's dad is old, and they don't make it all the way to Canaan. They make it to uh, another place that they call Haran, which is, as you're just reading in the Bible, it doesn't seem like a big deal. I don't know. Did they go, like, across the county? I don't know. No, they went, like, five, four or 500 miles. They travel a long way. And Terah, the dad of Abram, says, okay, enough, boys. We're going to settle here. And so they do. And then we get to chapter 12. This is really, really, really important. You need to, to circle and highlight the beginning of, of Genesis chapter 12. Uh, this, Genesis 12, Genesis 15, and Genesis 17, are three places where Yahweh, this, the God of the Bible, shows up to Abram. And it's not because Abram's a great guy. It's because God has chosen Abram to be the one, through his family line, to bring the seed, the rescuer, so it says in, in Genesis 12, Yahweh said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And then he, he says this, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who curse you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And Abraham went and did as the Lord told him. This is... This and these other places that we'll read are called the Abrahamic covenant. It is not a normal covenant, whereas there's there's one party, two parties who agree, you know, like blood brothers. It's it's not like a lord and a servant. It is just an unconditional agreement. God says, I will do this. I will make you into a great nation. By the way, we have a few verses earlier that his wife, Sarai, is childless because she's not able to conceive. And so God comes to this man who's already, we don't know how old exactly, but um, his wife is barren, so it's, it's a thing. And he says to him, I will, I will make you into this great nation, and I will bless uh, all those. In fact, I'll bless the whole world through you. Again, it's not because Abram's great. We'll see again in verse 7. This is really important. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your, this is NIV, to your offspring, I will give this land. Literally, this is that word seed, to your seed, I will give this land. And it's singular. It's the same word that's used in Genesis 3.15. So go back there and look at that. That is, I've said this a few times, but it's really, really important that this story is about the seed, the God man who would come to rescue. And so he says, to your seed, I will give this land. In other words, this, this rescuer will come here. This will be his, right? Anyway, we see, unlike all the nations, well, all the, all the peoples who try to build a tower for their own name, here we see Abram camping um, at a place called Bethel, which means house of God. And then he calls on the name of the God and he calls on the name of Yahweh. And so here we see this competition between the nations or the peoples who want to worship themselves and the, the God who reveals himself, Yahweh. And we see that Abram's not a great guy. And I don't know, we can think about that, but he goes to Egypt. He does not tell Pharaoh that uh, Sarah, in fact, he lies, he's hiding it, that Sarah is his wife. Instead, he says, uh, it's, he, she's my sister, which in some weird sense, because they're related, it is true. But um, so he's not technically lying. Um, 
the, the word he used can be used for their relationship, but <laughs> he's definitely not being forthright. So not only does God show up to a couple who is barren and, uh, and older, but he, he shows up to them not because he's, he's good or they're good necessarily of themselves, but because God is faithful. And we see that. So anyway, again, Abram comes out of Egypt after this famine and calls on the name of the Lord. It's through this guy that the world will be blessed. All right, well, that might give you hope because uh, maybe you are like Abram where you have faith and you know that God has blessed you, but yet you're still not perfect. You do, you, you, you receive these great blessings, this great word of God, and that you go off and you do stupid things, right? You don't really trust God to provide for you in this world. Well, join the crowd. So we see Abraham going to be a man through whom the world will be blessed. We see in Matthew that Jesus shows up on the scene and we have this great sermon on the mount where he starts with many, many blessings. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. This is the gateway to all the blessings, to be poor in spirit. And then he uses present tense, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I won't go into all these, but uh, the, the last one, verse 10, the blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So it's a present tense, the kingdom belongs to you now, right? Those of us who, as Jesus said in the last chapter, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So to those of us whom God has given repentance, the gift, uh, the kingdom belongs to us now. And then some of it will come to us um, in the blessings that come in the kingdom. Yeah, we'll be comforted. We'll inherit the earth or the land as we read about in Genesis. So anyway, uh, contemplate those. What a challenge, though. Jesus says of, of his disciples that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And we might think that the, the righteousness that Jesus requires of us depends on us, but just like Abraham, it doesn't. It depends on faith. Jesus says that your righteousness must surpass that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the scribes. And how, how can that happen? If even Abraham's righteousness is not righteous enough, well, it's because we'll see later in Genesis that, that Abraham believed God and it is reckoned to him. Righteousness is reckoned to him. So same as us. Jesus is the one who has come to fulfill the law. And as we believe in him, his righteousness is reckoned to us. All right, well, Psalm 5 is a beautiful psalm, but it also has a lot of conflict in it. It is prayed by David who is has enemies. All right, but we'll just look at verse 12. Surely, your Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. And that, I think, kind of brings together both Abraham and us disciples who are blessed to be in the kingdom, to be given the gift of righteousness. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. And you have. In Jesus, we are so blessed. We also have the warning in Proverbs 1 that if we ignore this trouble when it comes, we'll laugh at us. Uh, we, if we don't live a life of wisdom in repentance and in, and in trusting in the righteousness given to us, when calamity comes, um, we will not be safe. So a little bit of warning there at the end. All right, well, there's a lot 
uh, today's readings. I pray that uh, God would bless you and continue to give you faith, faith that comes by hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Thanks be to God that Jesus has come bringing the kingdom. And he is the seed that was promised to come through Abraham. All right, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.